Hi, and welcome to the Project Sebastian podcast. My name is Christopher Vellana, and I'll be your host today as we discuss the challenges of being a special needs parent. You see, my son Sebastian has Batten disease CLN8. Like you, I knew nothing about this horrible disease, and I had nowhere to turn to or no one to talk to. Even after having countless tests done, discussions with doctors, a wife at the time, family members, I felt more lost than ever. I was scared all the time, and alone, or so it seemed. After the final diagnosis, almost five years later, I took to the internet to create a podcast to discuss and talk about the very fears and the frustrations that have destroyed a family. Loving my boys was not enough. What I found out was that I am not alone. There are a great number of special needs families out there that are struggling just like me. Also, as we explore, discover, and discuss, we will find that the good, the bad, and the ugly is in all childhood diseases. So sit back and relax and listen as my guests, people like you, such as families, friends, advocates, and doctors, vent and share their experiences along their journey. We will hear the triumphs and the tragedies, and you will get all the support that you may be looking for today on the Project Sebastian podcast. All right, here we go. Thank you for tuning in to another great episode of the Project Sebastian podcast. My guest today is no other than Melissa Pullman, owner-operator at Concraft Construction, founder at Haley's Heroes, and recent TEDx speaker. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Seems that you just had a birthday, yeah? I did just have a birthday. Big 48. Oh, I was going to say 29, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again. <laughs> ever, forever, ever. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Um, you and I have uh, known each other for just a little bit over a year now through uh, the Batten disease world. Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I just wanted to get to, to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa, before we get into your children? So, uh, okay. Uh, Let's go with, uh, where were you born? Uh, I am a native Oregonian. Mm -hmm. I was actually born in Corvallis, but we moved to Salem, Oregon. Oh, I think I was about five. Uh, Lived in Salem, grew up in Salem, South Salem. Uh, Then I went to college down at Oregon State in Corvallis. I was a beaver. Mm. After graduating from college, I moved to Portland um, I worked for Nordstrom's, started in high school, and then continued my career at Nordstrom's. Love Nordstrom's. I love it, too. Great training. Uh, worked there probably, gosh, I can't even think now, 15 years total. Uh, was in management, worked up in Portland, um, stayed, and loved it. Loved Portland at the time in my 20s. Um, then I became pregnant with my oldest child, and was in not a great relationship and decided I needed to come back to Salem so that my daughter could be babysat by her grandparents. Ah, okay. So I moved back to, you know, cause I had to work, um, was a single sure. mom at that point. Right. So I moved back to Salem, decided I didn't want to work in an industry where my busiest times were when everyone else was on holiday, because when you work retail, it's weekends and Christmas and 
uh, middle of summer and Thanksgiving when you're super busy. And I was done doing that. Right. Decided one of the things I was going to do as a single mom was to go back and continue my education. So while working full time, I went to Willamette University part time and got my master's degree. And then uh, reconnected with my husband, Dean. Uh, we've known each other literally all our lives, um, but reconnected and we got married and now we have a family of four children and been married almost 14 years and things are good. Awesome. So you, uh, you have children from two different fathers, correct? Yes. Yes. And so we have four children total, yes. one by the first marriage and three by the second marriage. Well, we're actually, we actually are uh, mine, his, and ours, really. So Audrey um, is mine, but Dean actually adopted Audrey. She's my oldest. She's 22. Okay. And so legally Dean's her father because he did adopt her. From the first, from the first marriage. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And then Madison, he had while, well, when we weren't together um, and she's 16. Oh, okay. And so then we, um, but she's my daughter. I've been with her all my life or mm-hmm. all her life. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then we had together Cole and Haley. Oh, wow. Quite the blended family. Yes. And Cole is 12 and Haley's 10. And, <laughs> but we're, we're a pretty close family. I mean, nobody talks about step and half or it's just sisters and brother oh. and mom and dad. And yeah, that's well, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I see. So basically from there, is where the story kind of turns yet again for you. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about why uh, you started um, Haley's Heroes. So you currently own Concraft Construction. Yes. 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 You and your husband run that. Correct. And we have, uh, we have a few other businesses. We own some commercial properties in Salem as well as a storage facility and then a couple manufactured home parks in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And um, from then we have Haley. Yes. And what is your child's current diagnosis? Haley has bat disease CNL1. Okay. Can you describe that for our listeners out there that they're not familiar with what uh, CNL one is, are you talking about batten disease? Yes. Yes. Um, the CNL one is the one gene, I guess I'll do my best to describe it. Um, it's obviously one of the different variants that are out there, uh, known variants. Uh, historically it was called infantile where babies would develop the symptoms early and it's, it's rapid and they would typically pass away at about 18 months. Um, wow. When Haley was diagnosed, she was diagnosed in 2017, the predominant symptom at the time was vision loss. And it Mm. was a rapid vision loss. In the course of about a year, she went from being able to see 2020 to being legally blind. And the doctor that we were working with is familiar with Batten disease. So we actually were pretty fortunate to end up with a doctor that knew what he was looking at so that we didn't have to go years and years and years without a diagnosis. Um, he thought based on her age, cause she was eight at the time that it was going to be CNL three, which is the juvenile classic juvenile form where it, symptoms develop a little later in age, but it turned out to be CNL one. 
Okay. Um, and uh, pretty devastating news, I would imagine. Uh, yes, we were, we were pretty sure, we were very afraid that she was losing her eyesight. We, we were so scared she was going to be blind. And at the time, we thought that could be like the worst thing ever. Mm. Um, and obviously, that's not nearly the worst thing. Uh, when he said it's Batten disease, I mean, we had never heard of it. Um, right. You know, and, and he was he was a great he's a great doctor. And he just was very blunt. And he said, it's bad. It's Batten disease. It's neurological. It's going to get worse. And it's fatal. And uh-huh. I just remember sitting there thinking like, this can't possibly be real. Right. Like, how is this? How is it my daughter, who is super healthy, super strong, have a disease that's going to kill her? At what age? Was she was this eight. Eight. And she's eight. currently 10 now. She's okay. currently 10. Yeah. So she was completely healthy doing all the normal stuff that normal children do and all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what led you to, like, try to find out what was wrong with her? Was there symptoms or was there some signs? It was her vision. She just went, the vision. Yeah. And, and, well, we thought it was just the vision. It probably was other things looking back now. Um, you know, she was at one point, you know, at the end of one school year, she was reading and writing like you would expect. Mm-hmm. And then the next year she was really struggling with it. And so we assumed it was her eyesight. Uh, my husband's family, they all have pretty bad eyesight. So, we, you know, we, you don't think anything of it. We, we made the appointment to go see the eye doctor. We got glasses made and nothing seemed to work. And then we noticed that she started sitting really close to the TV or she'd hold the iPads really close to her face. Mm. And we just kept pushing and, and, you know, the eye doctors couldn't tell us what was wrong. One of them thought that she could see better than she was letting on. Um, but Dean was pretty insistent. He said, you know, I, no disrespect, doctor, but you're wrong. I watch her when no one else is watching and she cannot see. Something's going on. And so then they referred us up to OHSU, the KCI Institute mm-hmm. in Portland. And the doctor up there, Dr. Panisi, he's a pediatrician. But he's, he's probably diagnosed all of the Batten children in Oregon. Wow. And, and when you went to go see him, did he just immediately know what it was or did he want to do a certain type of test? Or She, she had to have a battery of tests done. Um, she did one where they actually put like electrodes on your eyeball. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and it takes a really good picture of mm. the cones and the rods on your eyeball. Um, yes. And she had, you know, she did dilation and she did imaging and a bunch of other tests. Um, and he brought us back in and said, you know, based on her test results, which you could see where she was literally missing cones and rods in her eyes. Mm. Um, and based on her rapid vision loss. And then he said, and based on my experience, I believe she has Batten disease. Now, of course, we had to confirm it with genetic testing, but he was pretty confident. You know, we asked him, we're like, so percentage-wise, 50%, and he's like, I, I want to be wrong, but I'm not, mm. basically what he told us. And so then we had to wait three weeks for genetic testing to be done. But we kind of knew anyway that he was right, but the genetic testing was the confirmation that that it was CNL1, Batten disease. And so then we had Cole tested. Now, Cole was our, is two years older, and he wasn't having any symptoms, but we wanted just to rule him out. And he's a carrier. He, he's not, 
he doesn't have Batten disease, but he does carry one of the mutations. So, yeah, you know, this is all too familiar for me. Um, for my son, Sebastian, who has CNL8. Right. Kind of the same uh, progression and the same kind of storyline. However, we were misdiagnosed with uh, epilepsy at um, a very young age of five. And that's all that they said. And progressively, by, you know, six, seven, eight, he, he couldn't see a whole lot. And we had that same test when we put the the, <laughs> the instruments inside of his eyeballs. And, yeah, you could totally see that the... Uh, my child was missing those important pieces of rods and cones, but um, I, uh, I, I, wow, it's just bringing back a lot of like, emotion for me right now. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. So when you when you got that and you got the definitive proof, what did you do next? Well, we asked a lot of questions. You know, what can we do? What can we expect? What's the next step? Where do we go? Who's the specialist? And basically, we were told, we don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, we know these are your general symptoms. We don't know when. We don't know how long she'll live. And there's nothing you can do. So go home, make as many memories with her as you can, because we don't know what her timeline is going to be. And that just didn't sit well with us. Um, my husband and his whole side of the family have been entre- uh, you know, entrepreneurs all their lives. They've always been self-employed. Um, and so sitting back and doing nothing and letting someone else determine our destiny just didn't feel like an option. So we, um, started Haley's heroes. My father-in-law started calling around. I mean, literally to anybody and everybody that he could think of, uh, got contacted with amazingly a lot of the big players in the Batten community. And through that, we ended up getting connected with the grays, which I know you guys are familiar with them. And we just kind of followed their path. And they, they were already in clinical trial. Their girls had received gene therapy. Um, we got connected with, you know, Sanford and, and Nationwide. And we're like, well, that's what we're going to do. We, mm. you know, we heard what you guys were doing. And we said, well, if they can do it, why can't we? So let's do it. Yes. I, 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 <laughs> um, for a lot of listeners, they don't understand that, that um, I have met Melissa's family um, and it is, Wow, it's quite powerful the movement that you guys have and support within your family unit. It's 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 incredible. Uh, I've met uh, uh, Dean and Grandpa, and mm-hmm. uh, it, they're they are a force to be reckoned with. And yeah, I, I too, you know, we we did the exact same thing as you did, Melissa. We're kind of like combing the world, like what is this? What are we going to be doing? Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything. We didn't have any answers. We had so you know we stumbled across the, the grays and, and we did have that lunch. Um, and they basically simply said, yeah, this is what we're doing. You want to do it with us? Let us know. And of course, you know, nobody knew when I, I'm sure like you, you, you trusted a, a certain type of neurologist and doctors that you've been dealing with all your life. And when they say, we don't know, you know, it's like, you're completely scared because this is something completely new. Right. And, right. So, I mean, so once you had all that, you simply said, let's start a foundation. And so you created the Haley's Heroes Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it does? Sure. Uh, the Haley's Heroes Foundation exists to bring awareness to Batten disease and to raise funds for research for Batten disease. And specifically right now, CNL1. But we're not, we are funding some other research that's not just CNL1. 
Um, so that's really what we're doing. We're, we are a research organization and an awareness organization. And I want more people to understand and know about this disease and rare disease as a whole uh, than did before Haley was diagnosed. And that's really my goal. Um, and then, you know, working with various uh, clinicians and researchers to try to come up with some research that can help move the therapies forward. Um, right. I, I really want to, my goal, there's so much out there, and I know you're familiar with this, Chris, there's so much research that can be done out there. But my focus right now, because my child is alive, is research that can go from bench to bedside. So how quickly can we get something into a clinic? That's where my focus is. True, true, true. I, um, I do applaud your efforts. It's, a, it's nice to see another family out there that is just uh, pushing and, and moving the needle, if you will. Thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. So let's talk a little bit about your family and okay. how they're dealing with, uh, with uh, this unfortunate uh, this, this disease. So do uh, you have any siblings? I have a brother, one older brother, and then my, uh, my parents are still alive and still married. Mm-hmm. And married 53 years. Wow. Yeah. So my brother and his family lives in Portland. And then um, Dean's family pretty much all lives in Salem. And he has, um, oh my gosh, let me get it right. Seven siblings. Wow. Yeah. His parents divorced. (laughs) So he has three from his mom and dad. Or there's three together from his mom and dad. His two older sisters and himself. And then his dad remarried and had four more kids. And so. Oh, um, wow really actually pretty close to all of them. Um, mm-hmm. They all live in the Salem, Portland area. So, um, so, so you would, you would say that really supportive of yes. what's going on. Yes. Very. His whole family and my whole family have been extremely supportive and helping oh, in great. any way they can. Um, we're very fortunate with that. Like yeah. uh, his oldest sister, Jennifer, which is really how I met Dean. Jennifer and I were best friends in high school. So Dean was the, annoying little brother when we were going through high school. Um, So Jennifer takes Haley every Wednesday to this place called horses for hope. And she does horseback riding. That's cute. Yeah. So they're, you know, it's, it's that kind of support that, um, gosh, it's a, it's a godsend to me because it gives me that little bit of a break. Sure. So very lucky if you would say very blessed. Yeah, you talk to a lot of these families uh, in and out of childhood disease, not just Batten disease, but all kinds of other horrible diseases. And a lot of the the mainstay characters uh, have left or have moved on and have just ignored um, what's in front of them. So, well, it's uh, that's awesome to hear about that. So can you describe for us uh, what's it like in the day just for your special needs family with Haley? What happens? Well, it's recently gone through kind of a change, which is not good. Um, I think she's progressing, um, which is unfortunate. So she's, you know, my older kids. So my oldest is in college. She's not at home. Um, And then my other two, you know, one in high school, one in junior high. And they're all pretty Mm self-sufficient. And then Haley is not. Um, Haley requires a lot of my attention. I mean, literally, I hear mom, mom. Mom, 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 mom. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm only I'm only giggling because that's exactly what Sebastian does. Dad, daddy, dad, dad, 
Yeah. Yes. And sometimes yeah. I think it's just so she knows that I'm still around. Like, mm. I'll say, yeah, hey, lady, and she doesn't have anything. She's just saying my name. And so, um, yeah. you know, it, sometimes that gets really frustrating, I think, to her older siblings. Um, because, you know, they see me struggling a little bit, and I think that's hard for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we try to keep whatever normal is, you know, we yeah. try to keep the day as normal as possible. And Dean and I have worked really hard to make sure that our kids have their own stuff, too. Um, right. Audrey, when we first got the diagnosis, wanted to come home from college. And we said, absolutely not. You need to finish school. You need to stay in Portland. You need to build a life. You're an hour away. You want to come home and see us? Great. But the best thing you can do is to grow up and move forward. Um, right. Maddie's going to be doing a rotary exchange program this summer and she's going to uh, hopefully go to Argentina. Wow. That's um, great. And then Cole is really involved in sports. He's very athletic. He's plays football and has really been, is excelled at that recently. And it's, I think it's important mm. and he hunts with his dad and it's really important for us that they have, because obviously the fact that their do- their sibling has a rare disease that's, potentially going to take her life will shape their lives right sure but my hope is that it's not the only thing they remember Mm -hmm. and so we work hard for them to have their own special stuff that we support and as well we do a lot as a family we are um, I think we're a close-knit family we like to go skiing together we do a lot of boating in the summer Um, sure so I mean going through the daily it's there's a lot of struggles that's associated with not only the the physical limitations of of Haley but also the emotional challenges as a parent of trying to find time for all the others that need you as well yes and I would imagine that probably does bring a little bit of stress if not a lot of stress not only to you as an individual but your relationship currently yes yes uh because sometimes it feels like I just don't have anything left (laughs) <laughs> after a day of you yes. know, dealing right. with and and you know some days are better than others the last two right. days have been particularly difficult she's not wanted to go to school and she's mm. literally thrown these massive temper tantrums that mm. i've never seen before i mean i she's never done this and and i don't know am i supposed to leave her at school am i supposed to i, I don't know what to do i'm not i'm not equipped <laughs> for this um she's not sick in the sense of like she has a cold or anything that would prohibit her from going to school and I think it's better for her to go to school yeah but I don't know that the last couple days have been a a huge challenge sure yeah um that's it's incredible that you have uh what it would seem outside looking in having your shit together but uh uh, (laughs) I mean uh it's a great illusion well, you're a lot stronger than than we than you give yourself credit for, and uh, we're going to talk about that more when we come back. So we're going to take a quick little break here, and we'll uh, come back to you, and we'll talk about what you're currently doing and uh, how that TED Talks go. We'll be right back after this word. Today's podcast is sponsored by CSG Incorporated, the only personal consulting company that you'll need. Our passion is designed around helping others. With over 30 years of experience in a number of different industries, CSG can put you on the most efficient path of success. Our consultants will help you level up quickly, specializing in CBD, 
childhood illness, and addiction recovery areas, just to name a few. Call us today at 818-724-5987 to get your free 15-minute call. At CSG, we don't waste time, we create it. Okay, and we're back with Melissa Pullman, uh, founder of Haley's Heroes. And we're talking uh, more about the day-to-day limitations of uh, being a, I, I guess somebody would probably call you a super mom when you balance, <laughs> uh, you're balancing your relationships with your husband, your family, your siblings, your children. And being in a blended family, I mean, um, it, it's uh, draining, as you uh, re- alluded to. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I appreciate your candor, you, you know, when you say that, yeah, it's hard. Relationships in this this type of disease are hard. So um, one of the first things that Dean and I did, though, after getting this diagnosis is we went into counseling together. Oh, well, there you um, go. And there you go. we continued to do that. Um, we each have our own. And, and every single one of my kids has a counselor. Mm. We got them all their own counselors and we got ourselves counselors because we recognize that these type of situations can destroy families or they can bring them together. And we made a conscious choice that we were not going to let Baton disease steal more than what it was already going to steal from us. So that's, I think helped us understand that because we're all grieving mm-hmm. to give patience to each other and have, cause everyone grieves differently and it's going to come up in different ways so that sure. we can learn to, uh, navigate that without it causing hurt feelings amongst us. Mm. So who suggested that? Uh, it was just Dean and I together. We, it was the first thing we thought about, like we need to, we need to make sure I mean, we have a, I would say Dean and I have a very, very strong marriage, but that doesn't, that's not a guarantee for anything. As you know, life, there is no guarantees. Um, mm-hmm. And so we just talked about it initially that this is something we needed to do so that we could, understand each other and understand mm. what our kids are going through because yeah. it's it's hard um, and that they needed their own outlets in order to be able to talk separate you know maybe they want to talk about how angry they are at us because Haley gets all the attention or how angry mm-hmm. they are at Haley or they need a place that's safe for them to do that mm-hmm. that's interesting um, uh, only because uh, I'm in therapy I've been in therapy all my life because I'm a, I'm a rat brain, but uh, I found that uh, having um, a counselor or a therapy or group therapy is so important uh, mm-hmm. in, in the family dynamic, if you will, um, helping us understand that everybody does have their own, you know, idea or version of the truth. And um, yep. the expectations are, they're not on the same page. You know? What, what I feel and think may be different than what, my younger son Gage thinks about uh, Sebastian and vice versa. So uh, that's awesome that you went there. Um, are you, are you guys currently working with any group uh, in the sense of like, is there any clinical trials coming up? Is there any type of medication that's coming out? Anything you can uh, tell us what's happening in the CLNL one world or maybe Batten disease as a whole? Sure. Sure. Um, there is an FDA approval for CNL1 gene therapy mm. through a pharmaceutical company called Abiona. They received their FDA approval to go into clinic, to go into a trial, excuse me, last May. They have not opened that trial. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, have been 
pretty diligent to stay on top of them, to get as much information from them as I can. Um, but of course they keep things pretty close to their chest until they're mm-hmm. ready to really open it up. So at this point, we don't even know what the protocol is. And, and I know you know what that means, but for everybody else, like who would be included or who wouldn't be included in that trial. Right. Um, behind that is another pharmaceutical, which I know you're aware of them, Amicus. Mm-hmm. And they are also still moving forward, supposedly, with CNL1 gene therapy okay. research. I don't know where they are in that process. I have not received any feedback from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a it's a tough world, um, you know, getting information for what's out there, let alone partnering up or even having conversations that would lead us to some sort of like hope. Right. Um, it's uh, it's true that a lot of uh, these companies, these giants, as I call them. Um, they're made up of parents just like us, but uh, unfortunately they can't sit there and say they have the, the no. next greatest thing out there because the world would panic. And I understand that, but patience is uh, something <laughs> that uh, is very hard to have. And, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time, you know, no, this disease. I would imagine that CNL1 is very progressively quick yes. uh, as it is for the rest of the variants. Um, yeah. Right. And there Most- is another, there are, I mean, we, there actually is some movement in CNL1. There is another company called Circumvent that's working on a small molecule mm-hmm. project. And we've, we've discussed with them several times. They're hoping to go into a clinical trial in the next couple years. Most likely, they will probably start in... They're working with Hamburg um, and Angela Schultz, however you say her name, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're probably going to start it in Germany. That's for the... United States, you're looking probably four years. Um, and it's, Haley wouldn't qualify for their trial because they're looking at more of the infantile form. So they're looking at like, you know, six months to three years old. So Haley wow. doesn't qualify for that. Um, we are working with some researchers that have uh, CNL1 sheep. And we're working on some different projects with them as far as um, how does an enzyme replacement work in these larger animal models? And can we find some better biomarkers in these larger animal models? So um, Mm. we've got those two projects that we've committed to, which, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea is what I've learned in this short amount of time is that a lot of these research projects happen with mice. And then they go straight from mice to children. And obviously the brain of a mouse and the brain of a child are so drastically different that there's a lot of information that they're not going to know about how it's going to work. And so, well, well actually we're, you're going from small molecule to mice to, to large animal, then to human trials. And the, the, the disconnect there for a lot of the variants is like um, <laughs> these, these, these giants, as you will, they have a really hard time actually releasing the data unless you are involved right. uh, with um, their bottom line, if you will, if you're uh, a shareholder and stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff you can find on uh, the, the website NIH, can't you yes. still? Mm-hmm. I see. So, Melissa, let me ask you this. Do you think we're going to have a cure anytime soon for Batten disease? I think we will. I just don't know when. I think that I really, really believe that medical research is exponentially growing. And I think that they are finding out so much stuff. And I, and I believe that, that 
some of the stuff they're finding out in some of the other rare diseases is applicable to bat. And I think that it will translate. I think if you can mm. find a cure in one genetic disease that's a cell related type disease that it might translate. And so I do believe they're going to find some sort of cure. Um, I think that will open up other questions, obviously, and other issues down the road. Like you just, if it, if a child lives through bat and what other issues will they have down the road? We don't know that because nobody does right now. Um, so yeah, I think they will at some point. I have to believe that. Wow. Uh, you are, you're truly uh, one of the strongest people I've ever met um, <laughs> battling, you know, juggling relationships and, you know, alluding to not only the different uh, issues, stressful financial therapies, medicines, clinical trials, you know, uh, time management must be something that's incredibly uh, awesome for you. I would imagine with relationships and family and work life and then now therapy, you know, yeah. Is there anything that you do today to cope with these issues? I know you say you just tap out, but mm-hmm. there's something, is there um, something that you do? I work out. I go to the gym. I'm pretty diligent about that. And then doing the um, counseling, I would say those are two, two big ones. And my counselor actually just had me start doing journaling. So yes, um, yeah. I'm supposed to journal about how I feel, which I don't really like to do that. So that's a stretch for me. So. Uh, it's supposed to be good for you so uh, we'll see well the, the power is in the pen and so is the relief as they say What's that's it, what it, she says so i'm yeah. giving it a shot so that's uh, that's, that's, it. that's good i mean we all have to like uh get into the uncomfortable to become comfortable and sometimes our own recovery is just a, a stroke of the pen away as one would say so <laughs> kudos on that i journal every day uh i try to meditate every day yeah uh, it's very challenging being uh, a single father oh, yeah. uh, to, to a diseased child. But I'm also, uh, I have a 14-year-old young man who's coming up in this world who needs a, you know, direction as well. So uh, I, too, hit the gym. Uh, I go to therapy. Um, I, I always try to throw myself into more stuff than I can handle, of course, just to get my mind off of the doom and gloom, as they would say. So yes. um, you... Um, you did a TED talk. I did. Tell us about that and how did that come to be and wow, what was that like? It was really an exciting opportunity. I was, I, I'm really glad I did it. Um, it's nothing I ever envisioned for myself to do. Um, the, one of the people that's involved in the TED Talk Salem here in town is a good friend of mine. And she had posted something on Facebook saying, we're looking for speakers. And so I made a joke with her. I was like, oh, I should talk about <laughs> Haley's Heroes. Yeah. And she grabbed that and ran with it. And she said, yes, you're doing it. And I'm like, whoa, well, what? <laughs> so nice. that's kind of how it came to be. But I decided that whatever uncomfortableness I was going to endure going through the process, it was nothing compared to our little Baton Warriors and what they deal with every day. True. And so again, if I can speak to this and speak about my story and speak about rare disease. Really, my talk was mostly about rare disease as a whole and how it's really not that rare. Um, And I could move the conversation forward, then it was worth it. Uh, Have you, have you ever done public speaking before? No, not formally. I mean, I, I did in college. I mean, because I mean, honestly, I I had to watch it again today. You're pretty polished. I mean, you were like, It was really, I was uh, engaged. And Thank I know, you. 
And I know, I know that uh, that was probably really hard for you to do, knowing that Haley was off there to the sides. Yeah. Yeah. My whole family was there. They all oh. cried afterwards. They came up and gave me a big hug. So. Well, that's great. Yeah. And hopefully, some something good comes from that. I hope. I hope so. I Have you heard so. anything come from that yet? Any, anybody say, hey, we want you to do this or do that. We want more speaking. We need more Melissa. <laughs> I have connected with a physical therapist that spoke as well. And he does neurotherapy, mm-hmm. which one of the things that um, one of the goals I have, not with Haley's Heroes, but with just being the mom of Haley, mm-hmm. is to try to keep her as healthy and is active and keep the neurons firing in her brain. So what is still healthy is staying healthy. Right. As a means to try to slow progression. I know you guys do a lot with Sebastian. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, kind uh, of a, a, we do. Uh, I, yeah. I think, I think it's important that you touch on that because, you know, it's important. A lot of, a lot of Batten disease families, they, they, uh, they think they're doing the, the enough, but then like you say, we, we get really tired and we just, we're waiting for some miracle, but there are a lot of families out there that are just so active. So what, what current therapies are you doing for Haley and what is she participating in? She's doing, um, she has a physical therapist that we just started. And then I'm going to meet with this other physical therapist that does a specific neuro movement type therapy. So it'll be separate from the ther- the physical therapy she's doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, she does horseback riding. Right which is really good for the brain because it works both sides of the brain. That movement back and forth mm. is actually very therapeutic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Horseback yeah. riding works the brain back to forth, back yeah. and forth. Well, mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and so those are the therapies she's doing right now. Mm. Um, other than, you know, she obviously does at school. She works on some low uh, vision type therapy. She works with her cane. She works on mobility. Sure. Things of that nature. Right. Um, I'm trying just to get her on a, oh, and another therapy actually is, is there's a, I don't even know how to speak to this, but there's a, a gal here in town that does energy therapy mm-hmm. and it's like a form of massage, but it helps flow the, it sounds kind of focus focus, but it really seems to work for pain, helps move the energy through the body and release it. Oh, yeah. And well, Haley I... really <laughs> likes that. And <laughs> Uh, it seems to really help because Haley gets pain in her ankles mm-hmm. and in her legs. And when we are consistent mm-hmm. with the energy therapy, that pain seems to subside. So well, that's, that's, that's a good point because uh, there was um, a year ago, Sebastian had a virus and, and a cluster of seizures, which rendered him unable to walk and mm-hmm. his speech was just really compromised. And uh, we found here in Los Angeles, uh, a P E M F bed, uh, place at a cryotherapy mm-hmm. uh, spa, if you will, uh, and what it is, it's pulse electronic magnetic mm-hmm. um, energy. And basically, after one session, sure as God is my witness, that kid got off of that bed and walked home. It was uh, amazing, and we actually were in partnership with them for some research that's coming up for Batten disease. But that's great. I mean, there is. Listen, uh, if anybody knows. Uh, the true warriors of the families. There is no hocus pocus. I mean, what if it fucking works? I mean, right. it's fine by me. You I know, don't care. You know, you know, it's cra- to do cartwheels and that's going to help. Me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, so we, we were stretching Sebastian at a, at a company called stretch lab here in Los Angeles. And he loves it uh, because he does get those pains and he loves the, 
the bed for the electronic pulses. And then we have a trainer, personal trainer to help him with his mobility and squats and lifting weights. And then Mm -hmm. he has a complete team at school. So, right. uh, Haley does too at, at school. Right. So, I mean, to, to no end, I mean, exhaustion, of course, but I mean, you know, what if something crazy actually is, you know, the, the magic pill, if you will. So kudos for you for not giving up. I mean, you know, I mean, there's certainly going to be people that are going to pull on your heartstrings and say, oh, I have this great thing. You should just pay me a hundred thousand for it. But, you know, we all have to be aware. Right. <laughs> so, well, my, um, my goal is just to keep her as, as healthy and as active as we can. Absolutely. Um, obviously, she's compromised. But like anybody, like all of us, if we're health, if we're healthy in what we eat and how we move, you feel better no matter what. So that's got to be even more true with somebody that's compromised. That's how I feel about it. So, Well, I, I'm a big proponent. As long as we, we keep our children safe and healthy to the next time mm-hmm. where there might be a cure or there might be some sort of a, right. a treatment. like To buy some time for them. R- right. So, I mean, you know, those other children that are getting um, the, uh, the enzyme replacement therapy, what, a, what an amazing gift Oh my gosh. To, to have that to help them maintain life and stop some of the progression. And yes, it's a, it's an amazing thing. And it, it is, um, it's used by a lot of different families. I, I don't know which variants are actually, you, I think it's CNL two and three that are able to use that. I mean, um, eight doesn't have those, those challenges of removing the trash as much as these other children. And uh, what a gift. I mean, so, I mean, we're investing are investigating all types of, you know, stem cell therapies, yes, uh, different types of therapies that are just coming out. Uh, uh, nutrition is huge in our house. You know, right. we can maintain weight <laughs> for Sebastian because I don't know about you, but if Haley, maybe Haley doesn't like to eat all the time, but she needs to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's like we got Sebastian on these, uh, of course, chocolate weight gainer shakes um, with about 1,200 calories per glass. Oh, my and, goodness. And he just every morning he just loves it and it's uh actually put on about six seven pounds in the last oh, year so i mean you know I'm, I'm a huge proponent of of hey let's try something as long as it doesn't hurt the child and, right. then, and then share share with everybody you know so um so i'm looking at your website and mm-hmm. um it's really cute by the way i love it let's talk about run for rare what's that yes. about that's coming up yeah it's coming up on February 29th. That's okay. National Rare Disease Day. And so I wanted to do, it's a virtual race, meaning that you can run anywhere, any distance, anytime, as long as it's that day. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to get as many people out there running. I mean, I'm doing, uh, we're going to do a, just locally, a group of us are going to connect together and run a 5K. Cool. Um, and the idea is just to get a bunch of people out there running for those people with rare disease and post that they did it and, you know, move that, again, move the conversation forward. My goal is next year to make it an actual race. Okay. I didn't have time this year to get that done, but. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, I think it's another great way. People like to run, people get behind running. So it's a great way to reach out to people that wouldn't normally know about bat disease or rare disease in general. Um, So in Oregon, I don't know about down in LA, but there's a, running races are a big deal up here. Oh, really? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm throwing my ring in the hat too. 
uh, I'm sorry, my hat in the ring. Uh, we're putting on the actual 5K race here in the awesome. in in the, the first weekend in June to coincide with Bat and Disease uh, weekend here in California, which Project Sebastian uh, created, but to also uh, be in unison with World Bat and Disease uh, Month for June. So uh, very cool. And uh, and and so how can we all find you like what are your social media pages we're on you know we're on the web with our website at haleysheroesfoundation.org and then we're on facebook i think it's also haley's heroes yeah we're on instagram oh what's your what's the handle here batten okay i should know that and (laughs) and twitter wow you're everywhere yeah i'm not very good at twitter but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, we're we're on LinkedIn as well. Oh, that's cool. a new one for me. Nice. So, I love. I use LinkedIn. I love it. I'm not good at any of those, so I'm hope I have an intern, and I'm hoping she's better at it than I am. So. Oh my god, I need an intern. <laughs> <laughs> she's a graduate student at Willamette, so I have to. She mm. goes to school full time, so I got to pick and choose between her class. But she's been very, very helpful. Oh man, this is great. It's good stuff. I mean. um, you really touched on a lot of great information. Um, we now know where to find you. We're talking about your TEDx and all this other good stuff. Did, did, let's see. You know, when you look at the entire, like, landscape of Batten disease or childhood illness, what thoughts come to mind for you? There's not enough being done. Truly. I truly, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, there's, and I feel that the, um, this is something I've noticed recently. I, um, I've had a couple new appointments with Haley's doctors. We've got a couple new specialists. And then the next day I had to meet with her team at her school for her IEP. Mm-hmm. And the school is so connected. And that group of people sit, I sit there and I listen to them and they cooperate and they coordinate and it's really impressive to listen to her team at her school. Mm. And all I could think of was, how do I get Haley's doctors to do the same thing? So I think that there's a real disconnect. And I know that Taylor's Tale, Sharon King has worked on this. The quality of care for childhood diseases and rare diseases is not there because they don't know what to do. And the doctors don't cooperate enough and and so much falls back on the parent to be the manager of the health care and the problem is great a parent will do it but they don't know what even questions to ask to get the right answers so you're at a you're at a disadvantage and things i believe can fall through the cracks and i think it affects quality of life for the children i agree i agree I, and then there's not enough sharing of information neither in my opinion there's too not many enough. people so worried about a lot of stuff. Well, you, you've seen some of my emails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we're, we're all almost out of time. I always like to end with this. Um, if you had to describe your child using three words, what would they be, Melissa? Joyful. Tenacious. And curious. As any healthy 10 year old should be right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the project Sebastian podcast. Oh, thank uh, you. If you have any questions, you now know how to reach out to Melissa. 
she is going to be ready for your questions, ready for your comments, and to, to possibly give you some help and direction in going forward. Um, and Melissa, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We look forward to having you the next time. So right, thank, thank you, you so much. And uh, for everybody out there, tune in next time as we discuss yet another horrible childhood illness here on Project Sebastian Podcast. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening again to another great episode of the Project Sebastian Podcast. We do appreciate all of the people out there listening. Do us a favor, would you? Let's keep it alive by sharing this episode with another person, family, or a caregiver that may need this important information. Remember, connections are key, and you just never know who needs to hear some really great stuff. If you ever wanted to be a guest on the show, please drop us a line at info at projectsebastian.org. And let us know what you're all about. Once again, thank you for listening for the Project Sebastian podcast. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you.